long. I'm talking about uh, Jesus in the Gospel of John, but let's talk about Jesus, what he's doing right now uh, in the lives of people. Uh, because there's some great things happening, and, and I love um, hearing praise reports and, and good testimony of what God's doing. I also love hearing about challenges that are happening because it means we can pray. Uh, and, and so we're going to start with Lyle and Helen. I want to invite you guys up first. It's great to have, uh, give them a hand. They don't like it, but do it anyway. Both of you come up together. Have I got enough room for you? Let's move these things back so we don't have a hazard going on. You know, workplace health and safety and all that. Yeah, well, there's a lead you might trip on. Yeah, are you going to go first? Okay. Okay. Well, you can present it together. Support. Morning, church. Morning. About four weeks ago, Helen and I uh, went for a bit of a Channel Country trip, about two weeks, and, uh, and we <laughs> did a bit of camping and uh, visited cattle stations, caught up with some people, had a really great time. And uh, we arrived back home late one afternoon and thought it was a good idea that we get everything unpacked before dark, you know, so we could sort of really got into it, didn't we? And uh, we got a pathway that we were sharing up to the house. Helen had a little trolley, and uh, she was coming back to the house for the load. I was coming back to get some more. And you're probably surprised to know that I didn't just stand aside, you know, patiently waiting for her to go by. <laughs> I, I stepped around her, walked my foot on a garden edge, plowed head first into the soil. And fortunately, it worked with soil and not rock, really. Anyway, you know, that's okay. And uh, it wasn't until next morning that I got a roaring headache. And, uh, and it was particularly, I think, Helen noticed when I started talking a little bit more nonsense than usual. <laughs> something wasn't right. Phoned the doctor, uh, had a brain scan, found there was bleeding on the brain. Oh. So, yeah, it's scary. Anyway. <laughs> Ended up in a PA hospital at the Neuro Centre that night, and uh, they assessed me and everything. And that's at two o'clock. Two o'clock this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Time we got in there, and uh, yeah, I was supposed to get on a helicopter, and they found that the windscreen was broke, cracked, so mm -hmm. I had to go by ambulance. Anyway, got there, and they assessed that well, we're going to have to operate, take the pressure off the brain. They said well, we've got a lot of operations ahead of us, so we're going to have to slot you in when they can. And obviously, it are you know, caring for me and monitoring me as things went by. And uh, so next morning, the surgeon comes around and has a bit of a chat. And he, uh, he said, what's that? Shook my head. Oh. And he said, uh, he said, what's that? Didn't have a clue what it was. The good thing about that is I went to the top of the queue. <laughs> Within an hour, I was in surgery. I came out of like, you know anaesthetic, and I felt really good, really good that night. And, uh, you know, thinking, thinking really clearly and everything. And uh, next morning, and uh, you know, I had this crazy idea that I'd phone our store manager because I knew it was Saturday morning. You should be there, and. As you can probably imagine, I'm not a, never been a great fan of the restrictive workplace health and safety rules, you know. <laughs> but I'm sitting up in bed, and I have the tube still running out of the brain, you know. And I'm telling you, we just need to make sure 
it's now Alpster Gorton. You know? <laughs> <laughs> crazy sort of stuff. You know? So I was probably still a bit, you know, suffering from the other city. Anyway, I'm talking to her, they're sitting up in bed, and I suddenly realised there's people standing at the foot of the bed. And I said, I've got to go. And it was a surgeon with about eight others. They seemed to go around in big groups, about eight others with their clipboards and, you know, talking to you. And he said, you look amazing. You know? and, uh, and then he, uh, well, he said, what's that? I said, oh. I said, what's that? It's a watch. It's pretty surreal. <laughs> anyway, later that evening, one of the other doctors from his team came by and said, the surgeon had told his team that, that day about my operation, you've just seen a miracle. <laughs> and he said, it doesn't always turn out this way. And I suppose, you know, what it's given me left me with a, a sense of thankfulness, I think, the love and support, you know, of everybody. The thankfulness of my darling wife, for our uh, friends and family, church family, of course, uh, you know, the, the prayers of the saints, and, uh, just that sense of being uplifted and supported and loved, and, you know, very, very special. And uh, also the thankfulness for the doctors and surgeons and nurses and the hospital, and, uh, you know, it's just amazing privilege and blessing yeah. that we have. Um, yeah, can't drive for six months, but that's a small price. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock when I found that out. I thought, wow, <laughs> that's okay. And in lots of ways, it's probably given me a, a real new lease on life, I think. You know, just that thankfulness, I think, that uh, and God be the glory. We want to pray for you guys while you're up here, so don't run away too soon. We're just so pleased that God touched you, Lyle, and has done a miracle. There's plenty more for you to do, and uh, there's purpose in everything, as you know. And so we're just going to believe for God now to work on this new lease of life to lead you to new and exciting opportunities. Amen. So, Father God, we lift up Lyle and Helen to you. God, we just thank you for the miracle that you've done. God, that doctors would be so astounded that they would call it a miracle. Uh, Lord, we give you the glory. We give you the honour. We give you the praise for what you've done with Lyle today. And Lord, we just thank you, Father God, for this new lease on life, this new appreciation of your breath in his lungs. Father God, that he would be led and guided by your Holy Spirit at such a greater level now, Lord, that there would be such an awareness of your guidance and promptings in his life. Lord, that many more would come to know you because of the story that's on Lyle's life and what you've done in him. So use this to your glory, Father God. Use this to bring people into the kingdom. And we pray your blessing on Lyle and Helen. And Lord, we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Together we all said, Amen. Amen. Give them a huge hand. There is a step. (laughs) Good job. Oh, wow. God is so faithful. Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I just love hearing that. God in action and doing things. And God's very much in action in uh, Deb's life at the moment. So why don't you come up, Deb? Deb's got something she wants to share. We're also going to pray for Tyson as well. uh, Sorry, Ty. Is it Tyson or Ty? Tyler. Helps if I say the name right. Uh, we're going to pray for Tyler. 
And uh, yeah, not Tyson. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your help. Uh, but you can fill us in on that. Um, I'm probably going to cry at you, so I'm pretty warm. Yes, you should write that. Okay. Um, I'm just going to start off with saying all glory and praise to my Lord for what's happened in my life this week. Yeah. Um, my dad went to hospital in really ill with pneumonia um, and went down hill. He's had a couple of heart attacks, they were talking, a trip off to the PA hospital, till we try had him out there, um, and he got to the stage where it wasn't even a two-person lift anymore, they were using one of those to get him in and out of bed and he had constant care and there were people with him the whole time. Most of the church know I've been praying for my dad's salvation for a while. Um, so I had a chance in hospital to share a thank you card with dad and I got in the Bible and taken over and we read through the thing in the back of the New Gideon's Bibles we got and we're talking. And he was still going, no, no, he's too busy for me. He's got other people to worry about because that's just dad. So I had friends come to town and I spoke to them and they came over and we got the chance to introduce my dad to Jesus. Wow. And he's given his heart to the Lord. Amen. We also prayed over Dad's legs, which weren't working. And he got in the chair and looked at my friends and looked at me and went, I think I'd like to go for a walk. <laughs> So we got his walker and we went up and down the hall of the West Wing maternity section. And he's been doing that ever since. And he's realised that no, God certainly does have time for him. More than enough time. Um, and I haven't stopped smiling since. And Dad's voice had gone. He'd gone very croaky. He knew his voice wasn't right. And then yesterday his voice came back as well. So he's walking and talking, yeah. and I walked out of the room singing the song, walking and talking and praising God. So thank you to everybody for your prayers for my dad. It's very much appreciated. And as I said, all praise and glory go to my God, my Amen. Lord Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Um, on the other note, my grandson decided he would go snowboarding, <coughs> and Tyler being Tyler, on his first day, he apparently, and I quote the teachers, had quite a spectacular accident and has done some nasty things to his collarbone. So if we could get some prayer for Tyler as well, please, that would be very much appreciated. But again, thank you everyone so much for all your prayers for my dad. I stand here so you're as tall as we go. <laughs> Now, those of you that know Tyler, not Tyson, or Tyler, Tyler uh, he's all in. <laughs> so he goes on a ski trip, and, and the person, he's never done it before. This is snowboarding that he was doing, so not skiing, but snow, like, you know. And uh, they assess you. They have assessors there. For whatever reason, they thought he was this amazing snowboarder and put him on, like, the medium-level course straight away. And so, yeah, he's stacked it real good. Broken collarbones and all that. Wait, is he home now? Yeah, okay. All right. Well, let's pray because God can knit bones back together. Do you believe that? Yeah. God can heal. So let's believe and just reach out your hands towards Deb and she can be a channel of uh, the Lord's blessing as she carries it. And uh, we, even as we pray, Tyler can be uh, touched in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we just thank you for your hand of blessing. 
Lord, on this family and, and Lord, on... Did I say it wrong again? Tyler. I thought I was wrong. I'm doubting myself now. We pray for Tyler. Lord, that your healing touch would be his portion. Lord, that he would come to know you in a powerful way because of the work that you're doing in his body right now. The quickening of that healing. Your word promises us by your stripes. We are healed. And we stand on your promises because they are yes and amen. And so we believe, Father God, for you to touch Tyler right now. Touch his body. Knit the bones back together. Repair the muscles, the, the, all the bits that need to come back together to make him whole. You are the great physician, Father God. And we declare health and wholeness for his body in the precious name of Jesus. And together we agreed and said, Amen, amen and Amen. Give God praise for you. So I'll never forget how. Where's Javina? Is she hiding? There she is. Just your loving calls to you. Marion, come. Come to the kitchen. Come easily. No, Marion has a great testimony to share as well. So why don't you welcome Marion? Marion, welcome Marion as she comes. I don't know. I just got told you how to testify. Sure. Go for God. I don't need to go there. Hi, Pam. Um, yeah, he asked me to share a testimony just now, and I'm like, which one? Because how good is God? Did you share both of these? No, there's not both. And there's like, I need toes. Anyway, so I just want to thank God for, firstly, is this cotton now? What's the happening? Oh, science things. Um, yeah, firstly for bringing me here because I never knew, like last year this time, that I would be in this tiny town that's freezing cold. Good thing I love the cold. Um, and yeah, so everything that's been going on here in my life has just been a miracle, one one day to another, you know. Um, and so. What I've been praying for lately is just opportunities to share about Jesus with people um, because he's done so much in my life. He's transformed my life and taken away all my shame and guilt and everything. And so, yeah, that's what I ask to share with people every day. Um, and that's why I'm like, how many, like, I've lost count of how many people I've been able to share Jesus with yeah. over the past, like, I think two weeks or something, because there's been so many from the guy down at the Containers for Change place. Like, we had a great chat. I was telling him, oh, it started because I, I was getting out of the car and um, he was talking to someone um, and he goes, yeah, you know, the world's gone crazy. I don't know what's happening. And and then my spiritual is going, ding, 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 I'm going to have an opening. Like, <laughs> and so... Um, when I got out of the car, I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to eavesdrop, but like, uh, what did you mean by the world's gone crazy? Because I totally agree with you. And he was like, oh, you know, just where do I begin? Inflation, this going on overseas with farms burning down and all this stuff, all the, all the evil stuff going on in the world today, you know? And, um, and so I started asking questions. I was like, all right, Holy Spirit, go, because I don't know where to start. Like, there's way too much to cover. And, um, and I said to him, oh, you know, like, what do you think is behind all this? Like, what's, what's the root of, I think I said, what's the root of the evil behind this? I was like, oh, good question, Holy Spirit. Um, and he, he said, um, 
you know, I don't know. I've been reading these books like, um, you know, George Orwell's 1984 and stuff, and he's like, and all this stuff, it's just coming true. It's like a script, and like, how is everything in this book coming true? And I was like, yeah, but you still know it's fiction, right? And he goes, oh, yeah, I guess. Like, it's not all completely true. And I said, yeah, well, the where I've been getting the truth from, and, <laughs> and I feel like I have to preface it just because of my life and what I've been through. Um, so I kind of say, you know, it feels still kind of weird for me to say, but where I get the truth from, the only place is one book, and it's the Bible. And and he was like, oh yeah, like you know, when they're, when they're kind of like, mm, get away. Um, <laughs> um, but then I was like, yeah, you know, no matter what I read in the Bible, all of it has come true, or it's going to come true. And and he was like, oh, um, you mean like, because he said, but what about all the other religions? You know, what about Buddhism? Like, what about? Um, Hinduism, what about, he was saying all the other ones, he's like, they all can't be wrong, like, you know, they've got some truth in them, and I was like, yes, yeah, some truth, but, you know, not not all the truth, and, um, yeah, he, we had such a great conversation, we bounced around from, um, from the Bible to, uh, what else did we talk about, um, how, I was talking about how Lucifer fell, and that's how it all began, and um, and he really wants control over everything, and that's why we've got all these agendas going on. Like, it was crazy. We just talked for half an hour. It was amazing. Um, and, yeah, and he, he ended up saying verses and things. So he knew bits of the Bible. He said, you know, sometimes to annoy mum, he says, I, I quote that verse in Timothy about the woman not um, being able to have authority over the man just so I can, you know. <laughs> and I was like, so you know stuff, but, you know. Anyway, so it was just a great opportunity to plant seeds um, of where the truth really is found um, with someone who knows bits and pieces, but he's still questioning. And he's, he himself said, there's nothing we can do, like all this evil stuff is happening, but what can I do? We're just sitting ducks. And then um, from that, from talking about the root of the evil, I said to him, yeah, but you know, God's got a plan. He's always in control. He's got this. And that's what we need to put our faith in. And so, yeah, like that was an amazing conversation that I didn't know I was going to have that day. I just prayed and then rock up with bottles and that's what happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just been so many other people that I've been speaking to that I've been coming across from parents in the car park during kids club and youth, one of whom's here today. Hello, welcome, don't mean to embarrass you, but yay, Sarah's here. Say hi, Sarah. Um, and to, you know, who else have I spoken to? There's all these faces in my head, but I'm just trying to remember where they're all from. Anyway, the point is, God is amazing, and when we ask him to use us as a vessel in our lives to just share his truth and his love and his joy, like, I can't stop smiling when I talk about him. It's just amazing. So, Oh, I can't wait to hear more stories from all of you um, for what he does in your life and who you get to share Jesus with. Like this beautiful couple here as well that I just met in the foyer. It's their first time here, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, they said they came from New Zealand in 91. Yes, I remember. Um, and they've just been sharing the gospel with everyone too. So I'm sure y'all have stories too. So yeah, we got to just do this more, right? Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bible College, one of the things that we um, learnt about prayer and, and you know, blessings and wanting to receive stuff and whatever is if someone's done something 
that you would like to do, it's cool to get them to pray for you. So I'm going to put you on the spur of the moment and ask you to pray for our church. Because we're all meant to be the light of Christ. We're all meant to be sharing Jesus uh, in our community. And here's someone who's just taking steps of uh, faith and trusting God that she's not going to get heckled or thrown out of wherever she is. Or... There's too much joy. Exactly. And so we're going to ask Marion to pray for us this morning that we would be carriers of Christ in our hearts and sharers of all that he has done. Because your story is powerful. You know, I've been sharing at youth about our story and that you know you can go up to someone and say, uh, let's talk about Christianity and talk about Jesus. And they can say, well, I don't believe in that stuff. And, and that's their choice, right? Yeah. But if you share your story, they can't deny your story because your story is your experience. Your story is what God has done in your life. And if you share your story, you know, they might still not necessarily jump on board, but they can't deny that that's your experience and you have been blessed in whatever way what God's done in your life. So anyway, I'm starting to preach now. You better pray. Do we have time for one more piece? Yeah. One popped into my head. Okay, yeah, I'm just going to stay up here for a bit longer because another one came to my brain. Um, so, um, what day is it today? Sunday. On Friday night, um, after youth, um, so one of the girls invited her friend from school um, for the first time to youth, and I was dropping them home, and I was like, Lord, if you want me to talk to them, go for it, whatever, I'm chill. Anyway, and so I'm driving them both home, and um, so I asked the friend that was invited, oh, so did you grow up in church? Like, or is this your first time going to anything like this? And she goes, oh, yeah, you know, I went until I was about, like, six years old. And I think she was in year eight now. Was she in year eight? Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, and she said, yeah, I went till I was, like, six years old, but nah, nothing really now. But my mom's, like, Anglic. And I was like, oh, sweetheart. I was like, do you mean Anglican? <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, I think so. Or maybe baptised. And I was like, do you mean Baptist or, or like, <laughs> or she's been baptised in water? And she was like, oh, one of those. Like, no clue. It was really sick. Anyway, so then I was like, all right, Lord, you go. I, I don't know what to say. And then um, I said to her, oh, okay, yeah. So, because um, then the girl who normally comes to you said, oh, what's Anglican and what's Baptist? Like, what does that mean? And I said, oh, basically they're different denominations about uh, of Christianity. Um, but from what I've learned, correct me if I'm wrong, y'all. Um, from what I've learned, like it's they're man-made and they're not in the Bible. It doesn't say like you must be Seventh Day Adventists, you must be Baptist. You like it? That doesn't matter to God, right? So I said to her, it's basically categories that people have made up to um, like around their doctrine and around their beliefs. Um, and I said, but you know what's really important is what we believe because what we what we believe is going to affect where we end up when we die. We'll either go, I know you've heard this, we'll either go to heaven or hell. Um, and then I was like, oh, this is, we're getting straight to the point here. <laughs> um, so then uh, I said, and what's important is that you believe in um, what Jesus has done for us. And I, I was like, I had learned it that week. I memorized, I was like, in First Corinthians 14, verse 1 to 4, I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, you're doing that thing with the remembrance. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> um, I was like, it says that Jesus died for our sins and he was buried and he rose on the third day according to the scriptures. And if we believe that, that he died for us, because none of us are perfect we've all done something wrong you know um and no none of us can come to the father except through christ and 
Um, I was like, if you believe that, then when you die, you're going to go to heaven. You'll be with Jesus forever and it'll be amazing. Otherwise, you're going to be um, going through the worst seven years of history in the entire world called the tribulation. And it was a miracle that they were just silent the entire time being like, like I could feel their, their ears being like, listen in. <laughs> and they weren't interrupting. They weren't asking questions. Just like it was a 10 minute drive. This all happened in 10 minutes, by the way. Um, and then uh, I said, yeah, so you're going to go through the, if you don't come up with us when um, Jesus is going to come in the clouds and he's going to call everyone that has been that has died in Christ, like my mom, she died when I was eight, but she taught me everything, like all the all the core of everything when I was little. She will rise first along with everyone else that has died and believes in God, and she'll be in the clouds. And then those of us that are alive and remain will meet him meet him there and meet them and I'm like I'm so excited to see my mom again it's gonna be amazing um and so we'll go up to heaven and we get to have this massive party it's like this giant feast and have all these wonderful things happen so I legit said the gospel and talked about the rapture and I was like what is going on in 10 minutes (laughs) um and then I said because if you don't believe now and you go through that seven years that's the tribulation all these horrible things are going to happen on the earth and um and I said and you don't want to be there and um and I was just like yeah so and I'm pulling into her house and I was like yeah so that's basically everything that you need to know at the moment uh and I was like so is your mom coming to pick you up here from here? And we just went back to normal conversation. But it's just amazing what the Holy Spirit can do through us when we invite him to just speak through and you just let it come because my brain couldn't do connect all those dots and do all those little bits and pieces. So that must have been what they needed to hear in, at that time, in that moment. So thank you, Lord. Anyway, I'm going to end now and pray. Yes. <laughs> So if we bow our heads and close our eyes, Father, we just thank you for bringing each and every person here into this place of worship today. We thank you for everyone that's come, that lives locally. We thank you for the visitors and we thank you for the people that are coming here for the first time, Lord. We just pray that you will fill their hearts with your love with your joy and with your peace, Lord God, so that they can all be carriers of who you are, that they can all be carriers of your light, so that when we go out into the world that is full of so much darkness, Lord, and oppression and wandering spirits, Lord, that they may shine so brightly that it casts out the darkness and that it lights up the world that you've created, Father. We look so forward to your soon return so that we can come up with you in the clouds and go to heaven and just see all the wonderful things that you've prepared for us because we love you so much and we're so honoured to be your bride, to be the church that's your bride, Lord God. So we thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise, the honour and the glory and we thank you for your magnificent Holy Spirit that lives within us. In the mighty name of your beautiful son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Marion. You know, it's it's interesting. If you ask the Lord to allow you to be a vessel, that's what he's looking for. It's just a willing heart. And um, we were on our wedding anniversary 
when was that? Last week now? Week before? <laughs> and um, we were just like we'd arrived in, in Brisbane and um, my chest sort of notices the, the extra humidity. And I said to Jeremy, oh, I need to get uh, a puffer. Actually, I hadn't told him, it was just in my mind. And we went to a chemist and I got a few other things and forgot all about getting an asthma puffer. And then that night I thought, oh, I didn't get the puffer, okay, I'll get one tomorrow. So when we go for a walk um, in the middle of Brisbane, we, we see a chemist and we're like, oh, yeah, we need to go in there, but maybe we'll, we'll get it on the way back. And then we keep walking and then I go, oh, no, I really do need one. And so we start looking for a chemist again. We finally find one and we go in there and then they say, oh, we need your driver's license to, to give you one. And I've never had to show a driver's license before. And because we were just walking, I didn't bring my whole handbag. Like, I was like, oh, I don't have my license on me. So, so we left there, we're walking, we're walking. We finally go into this other little chemist in this other area. And we walk in the door and we hear this girl say, hey, aren't you from Stanthorpe? And we're like, what? <laughs> in the middle of Brisbane, like in this obscure little chemist and someone recognises us, well, recognise Jeremy. And she said, aren't you Jeremy? And both of us are still trying to connect the dots, you know, like looking at this face and going, I don't think I know you, do I know you? And, um, and she goes, do you know my mum? And who was one of the chaplains here in town? And then all the dots came together for us, hey. Um, but she was so excited to see us. And all of a sudden I realised why I kept forgetting to buy the puffer or everywhere we went, I couldn't get it because the Lord wanted us in that place at that time to meet that girl. You think how many people are in Brisbane and what are the chances of meeting someone else from Stanthorpe? Like the divine setup was so amazing and then I got my puffer, no worries there. I didn't have to have my license. And you know, I still haven't opened it because I didn't need it after that. <laughs> it was it, my chest completely cleared up, so I felt like the whole thing was a divine setup for one person. And sometimes we forget just the lengths that God would go to to show us that He loves us, to say, "You matter to me. You're important. I know what you're going through. I understand, and I'm here. I love you." And then. So that was like super exciting and I was so excited about that. And then that evening, Jeremy had organized a gondola ride up the Brisbane River as the sun was setting. And so um, we caught an Uber to go there and I got in and like what Marion's saying, oh, Holy Spirit, give direct me. And the thing I felt to ask was, so you've been in Brisbane for long? like profound and um, I know it took a long way to think that one up but anyway um, so and then the conversation started and then he was I said so have you been back home because he's from Europe and he said no I haven't for seven years but he said I had a planned trip and then COVID hit and I lost all my money I lost all, all the flights were cancelled everything you know and I said oh that's so tough and he goes well I'm a big believer in that things happen for a reason. I said, he goes, that, that, um, what was the wording he said? That, that God allows 
things to happen for a reason or something. But he said the word God, and I went, well, you said it, so <laughs> here we go. And I was like, yeah, you know, I really believe that God works all things together for good. Amen, he does. And um, thank you. <laughs> and so then he goes, yeah, but like, I don't know. I think there really is only one God. I said, that's right. And he goes, well, where I was brought up, you know, there was well, there was God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And then there's Mary and St. Nicholas and, well, the Irish, they have the leprechauns and then there's the, and he says, and then there's Bigfoot. And then the, and he goes, you know what? It's really crowded up there. Like, it's so confusing. I mean, there's so many up there. And he started saying, well, and I had, he had me in fits of laughter because the randomest things that he thought of that were all apparently crammed together up there. And so, yeah, the leprechauns. And I was just laughing. And I was like, you know what, though? You're so right. There is only one. And then because he went, I actually think the Muslims have it right. There's just one. There's just Allah. And I went, Nah, there's just one God, but it is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Forget all the rest. And he goes, yeah, but that's still there. That's still crowded. And I was like, no. I said, because God is one. He's three in one. And, and he goes, yeah, I don't know. And I said, well, you know, when I was single, I kind of really didn't, I couldn't understand the Trinity until I got married. Because then the two became one. And even though Jeremy and I have distinct functions and we we have our own roles within that marriage, we are a united team. We are one. And and he goes, I see your point. Because <laughs> Jeremy's looking at me like, I don't know if that's the best analogy to use, but that's what came to me to say. And. Um, and so he started thinking, like, and then, same with you, Marion, then we pull up at our destination and it's like, oh, well, thank you for the trip. <laughs> um, but just those little seeds. And sometimes we get to be the harvester of everybody else's seeds and sometimes we're the ones that's watering and sometimes we're the ones that, that, that are planting. But if you're open, and, like, I don't know what blessed me more, being with my husband on the river or having God use us just before we got there. Like, we were so excited. Just that we had an opportunity to share about him. And and that's, look, has God done something in your life? Put your hand up in this room if God's done something for you. Even as, you know, if you can't think of something recent, look how many hands. We all have a story. Yeah. You know, there's that old song, he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today, he walks with me talks with me a long life narrow way. The, the last line says, you ask me how I know he lives. It's like, wow, he lives within my heart. Like he's so alive, he actually communicates with me. And that's a big difference between our God and every other God is they don't communicate. They don't talk. They don't lead you, guide you. They definitely don't care about you. I know in India, all of their gods and all of their worship of the idols is trying to appease a God that they can't understand, they can't know, they can't get acquainted with. They never know if they've done enough, pleased them enough. Am I, am I going to be protected today? Am I, am I good enough? Is, have I given enough offerings? 
He is good enough and provided himself as our offering. And that is our story. Is that we were loved by our creator and our God left everything to come for us. And, And honestly, that girl and that chemist, I got to thinking about the lengths that God goes to to reach us. Like, you think what it took to save you. Yeah. How many connections and things yeah. he put into place yeah. for that moment? It's staggering. Yeah. It's staggering. And discipleship is what we are called to do. We may not be able to reach everyone in Stanthorpe, but we could reach one. Yes. And to that one, that's eternity changed. And we can walk alongside one. Maybe we can't be friends with 30 people, but we could be friends with one and walk alongside one. And I really think that's what God is wanting us to do. You know, as I'm praying throughout the week, um, the last few weeks, I've had such a sense that there's going to be an in-gathering, that God is wanting to bring the ones, the twos, the threes, the fours. But we actually need everybody on board. Jeremy and I have no capacity to mentor everyone. And we're not supposed to. Our job is just to empower you to be the ministers of the gospel. So we need you. We need you to be ready and available to God and say, okay, okay. Um, Even yesterday, I was trying to get back in time for my daughter's birthday party, which was starting at 10 o'clock. And I was grabbing the last few things from the IGA and I saw someone I knew. And do you ever do this where you look at the time and go, have I got time? Do I just sneak around this aisle so they don't see me? None of you are so unholy, are you? Um, But, you know, when you just go, you're conflicted because, oh, I don't really have time for a long conversation. Does anyone else do it or is it just me? You're going to leave me hanging. Okay. So um, I was just so conflicted going, what do I do? I said, Lord, if you want me to go and talk to this person that I haven't seen for a long time, then um, just direct me. And um, I just didn't know. I was just like, oh, okay. So I went back up the aisle. They hadn't seen me. Went around the next aisle, and the wife of that person was in the next aisle, and we went straight face-to-face to each other. I went, I get the message. Okay, we're going with this. And you know what? <sighs> God's not on our time schedule, and I've been really convicted lately, actually, to allow a bit of extra time. If I'm going somewhere, why don't I allow a bit of extra time just in case God wants to do something, wants to share with someone, because you just never know. That could be someone's eternity, those five minutes. So um, I ended up taking time, got home, that's 10 past 10. And the girls were just hanging out. And they're like, oh, hi, mum. They weren't even worried about the fact that I wasn't there. So he sorted it all out. But, you know, this is what it's about. And, and as I've been praying, just really feeling in my heart, the harvest is coming. The time is short. And, Lord, it's like the whole Isaiah 6 scenario. Isaiah is um, the year that King Isaiah died. And I really felt this when Queen Elizabeth died. That same day, the Lord led me to Isaiah chapter 6 when there was a change of leadership. And um, one king died and another king was taking their place. And that very day that Queen Elizabeth died, God gave me Isaiah 6. And 
This is what it says. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord, and he was high and lifted up, and seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and the place was filled with his glory, so that the post of the temple were shaking because of his presence. And then Isaiah has this moment, and I believe that this is what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to be cleansed so that we can be used for his glory. Amen. You know, we're not going to stand out to the world if we're just like the world. Right. We have to be different. Yeah. And so Isaiah is a prophet to the nation of Israel. But in that moment, in that glorious holiness of God, he starts to cry out, Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. He was like fully aware that he needed repentance in his life. Mm in the presence of God and, they, and an angel comes with a coal, hot coal of the altar and touches his lips and cleanses him. And then Isaiah enters into, hey, I can hear what's happening in the throne room of heaven. I don't know about you, but I long to hear what the Father and Jesus are discussing. I want in on those conversations. And so he hears them say, who will I send and who will go for me? And Isaiah goes, you know, interrupts personal conversation happening in heaven. <laughs> Here am I. Send me, I'll go. Mm. And God gives him a message for the nations. And I believe that's the journey he wants to take us on. We've just had a change of leadership. It's a shaking. It's a, it's a time when God is saying, whose side are you going to be on? The, the line has been drawn in the sand and it's time to make a decision. And if you decide to go with God, Allow him to cleanse you, fill you, change you. Don't be half in the world and half in, in God's camp. It's time to fully jump into yeah, God's come camp on. Yeah. and say, I'm in 100%. Yeah. Send me. I will go. Amen. It's not our ability. Someone said to me once, I need you to pray because you've got more anointing. It's like, no, he's yeah. the anointed one. Yeah. He just happens to live yeah. in me. And so let's allow the flesh to die let's separate ourselves from the things of the world and allow the holy spirit to fill us so that he can use us because i believe right now the throne room conversation hasn't changed who will i send who will go for me are we willing to lay aside our agendas instead of looking at our clocks like i did yes uh yesterday and just lay aside our agendas and say okay here am i my whole day is yours. Whatever you you direct me, you lead me. Not that chemist, that one. Okay. <laughs> I don't get it at the time, but afterwards, wow, it's awesome. Mm, so allow him yeah. to fill you and use you. And we want to take time for prayer this morning. Um, there's still plenty of people that just need the touch of God. And have expectation. If God can do a miracle in Lyle, you know, if he can do a miracle for Deb's dad, there's nothing he can't do. That's right. And it's time we stop looking at what we think can be achieved and look up at what he says can be achieved. Because with him, all things are possible. So, um, yeah. Do you want to lead us in prayer, honey? It's been a little bit different today, but that's good, right? Yeah. I think it's. God wanted to do in this place. People to share testimony of his goodness, 
encourage you that God's alive and active. Amen. And he can do things in your life. Yes. The same as my wife just said, in Lyle's Whoa. life, in, in, in Deb's dad, and in Marion. Uh, and, and God wants to do amazing things in and through you because you've got a story. And God wants to use that story yes, for his glory. Right. But we've got to tell. Remember the old song, This Little Light of Mine? And it's, you know, hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. And I feel the Lord prompting us today to share his story. Amen. Now, for people in this place, because we've got visitors today and we don't know where everyone's at spiritually and your relationship with God, but the first thing I want to do is invite people to say yes to Jesus because that's the most important yes you can ever declare in and through your life because when you say yes to him, then he resides in your heart and then you are carrying his light and you can be a sharer and and a gatherer and a bringer of others so that they can know Jesus. But you've got to know him first. We can't lead people to a place where we haven't been. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes and and, uh, just give people a moment to respond today. If you're in this place and you want to accept Jesus as your personal friend, Lord, Saviour, if you're online and you're watching at home, you can do this in your living room. It's that simple. It's about the response of your heart. We're going to pray in a moment, but it's not the prayer that saves you. It's the response of your heart today to Jesus. And so if you're in this place and you've heard the testimonies and the stories and the goodness of God and the things that he can do in your life and and you're trying to battle life in your own strength, on your own terms, in your own control, can I tell you that the best thing that you can do is to surrender your life to Jesus. In the world, surrender is weakness because, oh, it's the white flag and I give up. But in the spiritual realm, when you surrender, it's actually a sign of strength because now you are realizing that you cannot do this life on your own and you need Christ to come and fill you and to be that uh, atonement for what you've done. No one can pay the penalty for the sins that we do and the mistakes that we make, but Christ came. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That's Jesus. Whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. He paid the penalty for you. And no one else can do that. Not Muhammad, not Allah, not anyone else. Jesus is your answer. So if you're in this place today and you want to surrender your life to Christ before we do anything else, would you just respond by lifting your hand and saying, yes, Pastor Jeremy, that's me. Include me in the prayer we're about to pray because I want to surrender my life to Jesus today. Yeah, I see that hand. That's wonderful. Yeah, hands going up across the room. So good. Yep, I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. Four beautiful, five beautiful souls. Six, seven. So good. So good. All right, church, we're going to pray this prayer together. Now, you may not have raised your hand because for whatever reason. Remember I said it's the response of your heart. So if you pray these words and believe in your heart that Christ was risen from the dead, that he's your Lord and Savior, and you declare that through this prayer right now, the Bible tells us that you're saved. And so let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus we thank you that you came. And that you died for us. You You paid the penalty of our sin. No one else could do that for me. 
No one else. So I believe in my heart that you were risen from the grave. You are alive. And you are my Lord. You are my Savior. And because I believe this, I'm now a Christian. I choose to live my life for you. And acknowledge you as my Lord. And so I commit my life to you. And I thank you for what you've done for me. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Can we praise God and thank you for being here? Surrendering our life to Jesus.